Hey, y'all, before we get started, uh, we get told all the time that newbies will find the show and they'll start from episode one and work their way through. And it just means so much to Rich and I. And we just wanted to ask a favor of you, if that's you, if you've been enjoying the show, if you've been learning a lot, if you will leave an honest review over on your Apple podcasting app, or if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a review there. We want to hear from you. We want to know how we can improve the show, how we can be better. It only takes a second. So if you'll leave us an honest review over on wherever you're listening to, we'd be forever grateful. Now let's get into the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to NFTs for Newbies. We have a first, a big first today. And that is we interviewed a professional baseball player, like Major League Baseball, America's pastime. So whether you're international or whether you're here domestic in the States, like it's a big deal, right, to get to the professional level. However, what happens if you're at that professional level and you are looking to pursue other kind of entrepreneurial ventures? Some of the best-known athletes are, are big-time investors, are looking into companies. Uh, guys like LeBron James has production. He's just got all kinds of things. So athletes are starting to kind of cut their teeth a little bit outside of their professional endeavor. So when we had Kevin Smith on and he was talking to us about the launch of his NFT project, Meta Athletes, I was completely intrigued. Heather was intrigued. And we wanted to kind of dig in a little bit to be like, hey, like, aren't you supposed to be focusing on baseball? So let us know what you think about the podcast and our guest, Kevin Smith. Here we go. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs, but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We are here today with Kevin Smith, not Kevin Smith from Clerks, but Kevin Smith from the Toronto Blue Jays. And unfortunately, at the time of this recording, Major League Baseball is in a lockout. But that's okay because he's got a project on the way that might supplement everything very well. And that's the Meta Athletes NFT. Kevin, welcome to NFTs for Newbies. We are thrilled to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Heather and Rich. I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to get this underway. You just said before we hit record that you are really spending a lot of time educating right now corporations, athletes, how NFTs can be used. And it's funny because right before I got on this call, I was uh, listening to a video training and they were saying, when you have a project, you're not just a creator, you are now an educator. And it's your responsibility to educate the community on how to use NFTs, what it means. And that's not, it's easier said than done. Education is super, super hard. So if you could give us a little bit of kind of high level overview, what does it look like right now for you as an athlete to also become an educator for the NFT landscape? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I was I was thankful to kind of be put on this this great team with with Fanzo and Drew, my my co-founder. And we kind of got into the NFT space about a year and a half ago. And you know, before I do anything publicly, I always like to take my time to to get educated myself. So it took about six or seven months, just Drew and I, and, and creating this network and these connections within the space, learning about it, how how everything was kind of working. This was about a year and a half ago. So obviously it's it's way different now, right? But just kind of taking our time and then taking a few months to get educated, mint some projects, see how the whole process worked, trying to learn as much as we can just about the NFT landscape and, and how it was working with crypto. And then obviously being an athlete, I was just constantly thinking about how it can be used for athletes for 
uh, teams for fans to kind of connect with their teams or their favorite athletes and kind of how this will reshape, you know, communities going forward. So as we kept learning about stuff, we're going to put out, you know, one of our own collections and then just do like a small Kevin Smith collection where I can give back memorabilia or maybe tickets, anything that I can give to, to my fans or my community that would give them some value. Um, and as I did, more and more athletes started asking questions and coming in and wanting to get educated. And so we saw this as a massive opportunity to, to not only build something either just for one athlete or maybe all athletes, but also we saw a lot of fan bases where athletes were launching their projects and their fans had no idea what was going on. Right. And so, like you said, it's a great opportunity for athletes and, and anybody, you know, of influence to educate people the right way where you're just dropping a project and no one knows, you know, the first thing about crypto or NFTs and they're going into these projects and, you know, you get scammed or you lose money and all of a sudden you're out of the space. So we've kind of taken a bigger picture overview of trying to educate just the sports, you know, the sports genre as a whole and, and sports fans, athletes, you know, the communities and the, the companies that surround, you know, those two entities and trying to just make it, you know, as simple to get into the space and also making sure that athletes, when they drop their projects, they kind of know what they're getting into. Yeah, like simplifying entry is everything. everything. Uh, like yeah. that's literally like the number one barrier. After you're in and you've had that first transaction and your heart freaking stops when you're trying to buy something <laughs> and you're like wondering yeah. what the hell is going to happen. It's all fine after that usually. But I kind of have a burning question. And this is like before we even started recording. I'm like, I mean, you are in major league baseball. The percentage of high school baseball players and college baseball players that make it to the major league baseball and succeed is... Very slim, I'm assuming. Is there? Have you ever had any pushback? Like, dude, you should just be focused on your craft. Like, what the hell is going on? Why are you messing with this NFT stuff? Have you ever gotten any of that? I think every athlete gets that whenever you step off the field, right? If you do anything other than your sport, there's always some pushback, whether you know it's in real estate projects that we're involved in, whether it's being an entrepreneur, whether it's, you know, whatever, whatever you're trying to get into, you know, whether you're trying to create your own brand, um, there's always that pushback, right? But it's always from people that either weren't in your position or weren't athletes or aren't ex-athletes and they don't really know, you know, what happens after sports, what happens for the rest of your life when you, when you get done playing, right? So a lot of my mentors always say, don't, don't really take advice from people that either haven't been in your position or that you wouldn't take advice from when, when stuff's going really bad, right? So you try to kind of stick to, you try to stick to, to either people that are already ahead of you. So athletes that have already, you know, been retired, um, or are further on in your career and say, hey, what would you have done when you were in, in my position, right? And they all say, I would have focused way more on stuff off the field when I could have and, uh, and been in a better position when, when stuff kind of uh, on the field, you kind of get out of your career and you start moving on to the next part of your life. So um, it's always going to be that little pushback. But for me, I mean, if you focus on, on the game too much, it, it also steers you the wrong way, right? Like you're waking up and you're going to, to lift and, and work out for four or five hours in the morning. Then you get home around 2 p.m., 3 p.m. And if you don't have something productive to do for the rest of the day, you can kind of get yourself in trouble. So that's kind of how I look at it. I got one quick thing I just want to mention. A couple years ago, I did some work at uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it was during the football season, and uh, some clients of mine were talking to them. Uh, they were like ex-special forces. And I'm a, I'm a retired Marine. But we were talking to someone in the organization about the transition when people get out of football or retire, and they're just like, they literally don't know what to do. Like, this is like a huge problem. Like, people are not flexing their entrepreneurial muscles and it kind of like sets them up for like this weird identity crisis. I'm like, I completely understand what that's like. So I think it's really cool what you're doing and like you kind of see like the very big picture. Like, of course, you're blessed with this huge opportunity to play. But at the same time, you're like, 
what else can I do? Like developing your brand and like developing business muscles and all that kind of stuff. I think it's awesome. And I just, I just wanted to say that I've seen some parallels in, in, in professional sports and, and it's good that you're probably not going to end up that way. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thanks for your service too, man. That's awesome. Um, I can't, I can't go much into detail, but I had the the pleasure of working with some really high ranking officials in, in certain uh, organizations because we were the Blue Jays. We, we got to kind of go in and kind of see in depth and it was, uh, it was awesome to see. I have so much respect for guys like you. So thanks for your service, man, but that's awesome. I want to just kind of let's let's play creatively here and kind of stretch our imaginations of what what you're talking about because whether those of you listening are athletes or not I think the implications of this is transferable across the board to a lot of different industries when you talk about you have an existing fan base how can you use NFTs to leverage that so give me some examples of things that uh, different athletes are doing creatively uh, I guess from a utility perspective and to engage with their fans yeah, I think that's kind of where we try to put all of our athletes and, and kind of guide them towards is more so looking at like the NFT and blockchain technology and, and kind of using your imagination of like, okay, how can this be used in the future? You know, you're not, I don't think this, the PFP collection of, of people just buying, you know, NFTs that look cool, that have no utility behind them is going to last, right? You, you see it now, there's an, an, a different animal collection dropping every day. You don't know how to keep up with it. It's it kind of is, it's a lot that's going on, right? And so we try to push our athletes towards, you know, how can you use this for good, whether it's linking it to a charity, whether it's linking it to some sort of charity event that they do every year. And, and so making the ticket an NFT instead of instead of just a normal ticket where, you know, you're already getting it digitally almost half of these events and, and half the events that athletes throw. They're already digital tickets that you kind of put on your Apple wallet and you walk in. So why not kind of tie that to some sort of NFT where they can kind of get, you know, all all inclusive access to you throughout the year. Maybe it's, you know, batting practice, maybe can, you know, buy two season tickets and, and have all of your NFT holders, you know, sign up for days where they can come and, and watch you play in person. Um, we have a lot of athletes that, you know, are just trying to build brands and, and already have, you know, memorabilia sites or they already, you know, have their own sweatshirt or t-shirt lines that they're kind of doing off to the side. So tying all that stuff into NFTs and, and really kind of creating like this super fan base for yourself where, you know, you can you can start to not only have fans on Twitter and Instagram, but you can actually start to control your audiences where you can have all these NFT holders and you can start to give out even more value and content to those people knowing that they supported you and you know, maybe before you blew up, they were supporting you on your NFT project and now you get to give back to them and give them so much value. When you do blow up and you are this big name, now you can you know start to use that for good, whether it's with charities, like I said, whether it's with your hometown, whether it's just giving value back to the people that supported you you know before you were this big name. So I'm thankful that we have a really good team around us that are always thinking of these creative ways to to kind of incorporate you know fans with their favorite athletes. And then um, it's just been cool to see all the different companies and brands, like you said, that that come to us and see what we're doing with athletes and educating athletes and a lot of these people think that these big brands are all, all bought in on NFTs and they have these big, these big teams, you know, under their umbrella for this stuff, but really they're just kind of, they're just diving into it like all of us. Right. So it doesn't really matter how big your brand is or how big, you know, your Instagram following is a lot of people, you know, need to start from ground zero, just like everybody else out there listening. This is super interesting because I'm thinking about you being on a team or in a sport or in an environment where massive amounts of people pay to come watch not obviously just you but like teams and, and all that stuff so there's a certain element of like 
pre-existing community, you know, in terms of like a fan base. But in the NFT world, like that doesn't mean like you're set, right? Like you still have to build. So can you talk to me about, because this is interesting, we never had anyone on who has that kind of experience, but like you can't just rest on those laurels. So like, how are you approaching and what have you learned by trying to build a community that's an extension or maybe even separate from what you have from the fans that you have in baseball? Yeah, it's hard, right? I mean, we always we always talk at Meta Athletes about how, you know, web two culture or community really doesn't translate to web three right now. You know, there's a lot of big web two, as they call it, web two communities that if you're if your fan base doesn't know what an NFT is or they don't know, you know, how to buy one or how to be safe with their crypto wallet or even how to buy crypto if they're not in, in the crypto game, right? Like that's gonna be very hard to, to kind of release an NFT project and just expect, you know, a hundred thousand or even, you know, a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand people to come on board and, and buy your NFT. And so, you know, that's what a lot of athletes are finding out. I think the problem with the market and, and the problem with NFTs right now is it is the wild west, right? Like there's just so much going on and there's so many people that are in your DMs for this project and that project and they want you to promote this and get on board with this. And so, you know, what's hard about that is if you're an athlete and you're somebody with following, every single project wants you to to tweet about them, wants you to own one of their NFTs, wants you to do this and that for them. And a lot of it comes with big price tags, right? Like we've turned down, you know, when I say we just athletes that either I'm in a group chat with or that are part of meta athletes, like probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in promotional wealth that people want to give us. And it's it's not because, and we don't say that to to kind of be like, this is, this is the money we could have. But um, in this space, like if you don't know who the founders are, if you don't know the team behind the project, if you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, it's tough to kind of attach your personal brand to it. Right. So just educating athletes on, on that, on that part of it, a lot of athletes kind of get in trouble. And when I say athletes, it could probably be anybody as far as any company or any influencer, really any person getting attached to the wrong project could almost be more detrimental to your personal brand than just not doing anything at all. And so that's kind of the hardest part. And kind of what we're, what we're trying to do is, is just to make sure that, you know, these athletes want to gain into the space. They want to, you know, give value to their communities and to their fans it's just trying to figure out the best way to do that and to make sure they don't get like lost in everything else that's going on or, or get on the wrong team from the beginning and then you, you end up hurting your fan base. Hey newbies, our friend Sean has made an online course called NFTs Simplified. So consider it an extension of the things that we've tried to help you do. Now this course is gonna cover a few things and we wanna tell you about it because it is very affordable and it is very worthwhile. So obviously we're gonna cover what an NFT is, how to transfer Ether crypto into your wallet, how to buy an NFT, NFT security basics, all so that you can do the things you want. Some of you wanna make money, some of you wanna invest money, some of you wanna make sure your NFTs and your monies are safe. And that's exactly uh, why we're pairing up with Sean for this. So there will be five video lessons and there's also plenty of course handouts and notes. Uh, I'm looking at some of the reviews right now. Here's one from Haleem saying the course is great. I love the graphics and wish I had time to watch all this before I tried to do it myself. So there's additional reviews just like that, that made us confident to partner with him and to offer this course to you for 19 bucks. Okay. That's about three Starbucks grande drinks. Okay. So think about it, 19 bucks to keep your NFTs safe, to get you some of that extended knowledge that you want and to just have a course from someone who is driven to help you. So we'll link it in the show notes. See you next time. How does it work with, um, I, I don't even know the right terminology, it's the, the legal implications of, okay, this is, let me use you as an example, this is the Blue Jays brand. How much can you bring that into what you're doing as far as like, 
the, the media and so forth. What kind of, I guess, friction is there as far as like permission goes for copywriting? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we, a lot of, you know, every sport, if we're talking about just athletes, every sport has like a player's association where, you know, the players union is kind of in charge of, of getting licenses and getting partnerships with different entities, whether it's NBA top shot, whether it's candy digital, right? Like all these, all these big companies that are in the NFT game, see the value of having almost digital sports cards and kind of bringing that sports card trading card culture into NFTs and, and getting sports fans into NFTs. And so, you know, thankfully a lot of our unions have licensed deals with these companies, whether it's Candy Digital or NBA Top Shot, they might even have equity in these companies. So it's actually to players' advantages to kind of take advantage of that, whether it's, you know, through marketing deals or sponsorships that way. Obviously, you know, you can't be using MLB logos or team names if you're just doing your own personal project, right? So that kind of gets tough. But there's going to be a lot of opportunities for athletes to, to partner with these bigger brands that already have the tech behind this stuff that can already launch NFT projects that might already have launched NFT projects of yourself as digital trading cards where you can then attach utilities to them, right? So we're in talks with a lot of companies like that where you know they might have this big NFT brand and they're, they're throwing out all these NFT projects, but they don't really have the player buy-in yet. And it's just kind of educating players on the behind the scenes of, of what's kind of going on with them with the PA and how this can kind of help you and your fans, you know, by, by attaching your name to some of this stuff. So um, it definitely is tough if you want to do it on your own. Like I said, I'm thankful that I'm on a team of a lot of people that are, that are much smarter than me on this stuff where we can kind of go to them and, and ask them what the best route is and not try to do it all yourself. Cause then you kind of can get overwhelmed and, and get hit with a lot of those legal fees, like you said. So um, it's just it's just education and learning every day, whether it's from the PA, whether it's from these other companies that have licensing agreements, you know, for a name and likeness. And then kind of going back to the athlete and saying, all right, these are kind of our options. You know, we can do this if we if we partner with this company or that company. Um, which way do you want to go about it? But at the end of the day, it's just kind of making them aware of their options. I'm one of those people. I was front in line with this where you're thinking about like investment, like, oh, this is a cool investment opportunity. And then you put on the creator hat and you're like, oh, this is a cool way to make an extra stream of income. Um, what's interesting though, is the reoccurring theme is that, well, your projects you might sell out and it might do this, this, this or that, but it's going to suck at the end of the day if you don't have like a community built underneath it. And dude, community building is such a freaking skill set, and it's not just building it, but also maintaining it and learning how to add value constantly. It's a complete mindset shift. And I'm wondering, like, how are you guys educating on community building and really setting these athletes up to win long term and their holders? Yeah, I mean, you know, when we talk just about meta athletes as a whole, like Rick brought up earlier, we're really utilizing like our resources and our network that we already built, right? Like whether it's myself, whether it's other athletes that are involved with the project, they have marketers or personal branding, you know, opportunities, they have, you know, accountants, they have, you know, crypto experts, they have NFT people who have been in the game for two, three years, right? Like just when you have some sort of influence, you know, whether it's fair or not, you just get access to some people that other people just don't get access to, right? And so we saw that as like a cool opportunity to to be able to give that back to our fans and to our communities. And so, you know, with meta athletes, we have all these people, like we were talking about earlier, from all these different industries and these thought leaders that want to get into NFTs. And so what we do is we, we kind of educate them on, on how it could help their brand and how it can help, you know, their business that they're already, you know, working on or that they've already established. And then in return, you know, they're in this meta athletes community and they're able to add value back to, you know, our community and our holders. And so like uh, Rich was saying earlier, you know, the mastermind and, and we call it the meta mind utility behind 
the uh, Meta Athlete NFT is we're trying to bring all those people together and give them to the community where maybe you didn't have access to this marketer or you didn't have access to this thought leader in this certain industry. And now all of a sudden by owning our token, you know, you can get access to the athletes access as if you were the athlete, right? So when athletes come in, we, we educate them and then, you know, they're so thankful and, and they love the space and they're getting really creative in ways that it could help them. They're also bringing their networks into our community and they're bringing their networks into meta athletes. And then we can kind of distribute that out to our holders. And, and now everyone starts, you know, to, to get a win-win situation. So that's what's super cool about what, what the team's doing over at Meta Athletes and what, what I was so proud about. I didn't want to just drop a project just to drop a project and not really know where it was going, right? We wanted it to be something bigger. So adding the educational piece into that, you know, adding the MetaMind utility onto that, there's so much room for that to grow with, with all the people that are coming in, all the athletes that we talk to daily that, that want to bring more value into that. I feel like that's a, that's a cool opportunity that I don't think is out there. Like, like Rich was saying, um, with masterminds, you know, you could spend two, three, ten thousand $10,000 on a weekend to go, you know, have a trip and hear people talk and you're going to do this and that and personal branding. And then it's just over with. And, you know, there's no way to transact that ticket. There's no way to, to use it again next week. Right. With an NFT, you know, you could buy it once and hold on to it for five years and get, you know, weekly access to people like that. So that's kind of where we see it going and, and kind of, you know, what we see is lacking in the NFT space right now is some sort of like, utility where you can actually better yourself and, and you can get value day in and day out just from the community and the network that you can build. And that's kind of what we're trying to build at Meta Athlete. Awesome. Uh, I know Heather's got a final question here in a second, but real quick, where can we find you? So I'm on, I'm on uh, Instagram right now, Meta Athletes NFT, but uh, if people want to learn a little bit more about what you guys got going on, uh, where would you direct them to go? Yeah. MetaAthletesNFT.com is the website. Join our Discord. And, you know, Drew, my co-founder, He's always in the Discord. Fans was always in the Discord educating people. We have other athletes that are in there just dropping projects or, or dropping knowledge or dropping you know podcasts that they're listening to in there. So um, that's kind of where everything's going down. We're, we're still ramping up. Like I said, we didn't, we're not spending you know $100,000 on, on fake marketing and, and bots and all this stuff to make everything look good. Like I told Drew, we're, we're going to go all organic with it. So um, the Discord isn't crazy. You can always, you know, reach us at the Discord. Um, if you want to talk to any of us, just, just add us in the Discord and, and we answer questions pretty quickly. Um, and we're excited to kind of build this with everybody. That's awesome. And all of that will be linked in the show notes. Very last question is a random one from a listener. And I'm super excited because this comes from Boydsta at Boydsta over on Twitter and Discord. We see you. You're super active. Thank you so much for sending in this question, Kevin. This is very serious. Okay. What is the strangest food you've ever eaten from another country's cuisine? Wow, that's tough. I have only been out of the country a couple times, and most of them are to Canada to play in Toronto. Um, <laughs> I went to I went to the DR. We didn't eat anything strange. The problem is when I'm when I'm out of the country, it's usually for baseball, so we can't try different things. If you get sick for three days, you miss the mm -hmm. whole series, right? You can't you can't really do that. In the DR, we really weren't allowed to eat much. We went there for about a week and a lot of their stuff we just couldn't couldn't eat because we were going to get sick, whether it was like the vegetables or just any any other food. We didn't have the proper vaccinations and everything like that a couple of years ago. I'm not a big like crazy food guy, so I don't have one of myself, but my fiance has been to Taiwan and tried, it's like a native cricket bowl. And so it's just all... It's like pastas and crickets, and, and so she she's always she's always trying these these cool foods and all this different stuff. So I let her tell all the stories. But for me, <laughs> if, 
I was going to say for me, man, it, you know, nothing crazy. I've been to Canada and I've been to uh, the DR where I just ate kind of rice and, uh, and beef for a whole week. So I don't have anything crazy, <laughs> but, uh, but Taylor's got that down for sure. All right, y'all. Well, you heard it here. Everything's linked up in the show notes. Make sure you connect with us over in our Discord. Ask your questions. If you have an episode idea, let us know. We love you. See you soon.